There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everyone, and welcome to season two of Quit Your Day Job. I am your host, Alicia Fernandez-Miranda. Have I brushed my hair today? I'm not telling, but probably not. This podcast is all about dream jobs, the ones you wished you had when you were a kid and the ones you pin up on your vision board. I decided to chase after my own in 2020 by taking a series of unpaid internships. I quit my job as CEO of a philanthropy consulting business to try my hand working on Broadway, in fitness, as an art dealer, and in a hotel. And then I wrote a book about it. My What If Year is coming from Zibby Books in February 2023. I am obsessed with the idea that you can turn your passion into your career and that it's never too late to make your dream a reality. So before you decide to quit your day job, listen to my guests as they offer a glimpse into what their worlds are really like behind the scenes. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Quit Your Day Job. I cannot wait to share with you my very first duo on Quit Your Day Job. We have Nazar Bati and Mariko Cantley, who are a phenomenally talented pair of professional ballroom dancers based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. They are two-time U.S. National Ballroom Show Dance champions and professional ballroom show dance world silver and bronze medalists. Nazar is from Lviv, Ukraine, and Mariko is from Cambridge, staying locally. And they both began dancing as children. Mariko danced ballet and Nazar in ballroom. They've been professional ballroom competitors and teachers for 16 years, and they have been dance partners for 10 years, which when they sent their bio was kind of emphasized with an exclamation point, because I think that sounds like a really long time and an exciting time to be partners. Nazar was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in 2009, and showing young people that this diagnosis doesn't have to stop you from following your dreams has been an important motivator for him since then. So welcome to Quit Your Day Job, guys. Glad to have you here. Thank you for having us. We're so happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. I was just telling them before we started recording that I'm going to have to like restrain myself from asking every question I want to know about ballroom dancing because I have so many. I'm just so completely fascinated by this profession that I didn't even really know could be a profession. So I cannot wait to dive into this. But as you are endurance athletes, you know that the first thing we have to do is have a warm-up before we get into the main event. So I have given Mariko and Nazar a task, which is to tell me their top five movie ballroom dancing scenes. And you said it was not easy to come up with them, yeah? Yeah, there's too many of them <laughs> to pick from. I mean, yeah. Once we started thinking, it was like, oh, and this one, and oh, there's also that one. So we narrowed it down to some, and I think looking at them, our criteria was kind of like ones that had some kind of like emotional valence. So the first one I'm going to say is the dance to pick yourself up from swing time, which is a Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers movie where they're actually, she's a teacher in a ballroom dance studio and 
they do this little dance. He's a student and they do this dance together and it's just fantastic. Second one, I would say a step in time from Mary Poppins. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, good a one. classic. Yeah. Yeah. And Nazar's seen that movie many times recently. Yeah, well, yeah, recently. <laughs> In the last few years. In the last few years, yeah. One of my favorites, this is, a, this is old school ballroom dance, is actually the ballroom scene from the original, the OG Pride and Prejudice. Oh, between yeah. Between Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth Bennett, and they're sort of having this witty dialogue while they do this elaborate ballroom dance. Yes. That's definitely... Good one. Then... Uh, Paso Doble from Strictly Ballroom, the last theme, right? The last, yeah, yeah, yeah the like competition. What, yeah, um, he's doing on how how they saying, he's doing uh, no new steps, no new steps, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> forbidden steps, forbidden so, yeah, steps. I think he's doing forbidden steps, yeah, amazing, yeah. yeah. And if you haven't seen that movie, it actually is. A, I mean, it's it's a comedy, but it really captures a lot of the the vibe of the ballroom world. So that's that's a recommendation in general. Love it. And then I think we're down to the last one, which is the dance between Maria and Captain Von Trapp in The Sound of Music. Oh my God, I could almost do that one with my eyes closed. Yeah, that mm. might be one of the first like ballroom dance scenes I can remember, you know, from childhood. So it's lovely little mm-hmm. moment. What a great list and a lot of really different scenes. Fun fun fact, I have lived in the UK for almost 15 years now. And for a very long time, I thought all British people sounded like Dick Van Dyke in Step in Time, Mary Poppins. And I didn't even know that Dick Van Dyke was not British. Like, I would be like, oh, he does a great American accent because I thought that that was how all British people spoke. So just just, <laughs> just to share a little fun back, but I, lo- I love all those choices. Do you think when you see dance scenes in most films, because you said there were a lot that you could have chosen from, do you feel like they get it right? Do they really give a peek into the world or are they mostly just, you know, you're kind of just seeing the gloss? Sometimes. Yeah, it's a mix. Like... Yeah. Strictly ballroom, like we said, definitely like. Well, they, because there was a real scenes from the actually from the real dancing, you know, it's not like it was the people. And I mean, they're obviously actors, but there's like a lot of da- actually dancers who are filmed in that, right? Yeah. yeah. And the way the competitions are run. Yeah. The, pretty... the whole, the whole yeah, as Mariko said, the whole idea of competition and all the politics, all the, you know, the like drama, drama yeah. like between partners. And, and how outrageous the costumes are. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that movie yeah. was made in the. 80s I, I believe it's 80s but it was obviously it's different different style but it's still that's just... how the costumes were in the 80s like one-to-one exactly I have been following you guys on Instagram now so I've seen some pictures of your competitions and there are yeah. less sequins than I thought but you do look very very nice when you perform yeah. I love <laughs> I need to go back and watch that movie again I have not seen it in years but it is a fantastic movie yeah. 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 So thank you. You survived the warm-up round. Do you feel do you feel loose now? You feel warmed and yeah. ready okay. to yeah, we're, yeah, we're ready, do that. ready to dance. Exactly. So let's start with the really the start at the very beginning, a very good place to start, which is tell me a little bit about how each of you made your journey into professional dancing. Yeah, I'll let you me go first. Yeah, okay, I'll go first. first. Ladies first. <laughs> so I started dancing when I was five. My mom put me in ballet class at my request. She was taking ballet classes and I was like, I want to do that too. And I studied ballet and then other styles, you know, that go along with that. So we character dance, jazz, stuff like that um, until I was about 16. And then I decided that when I went to college, I was going to stop dancing and just like be serious <laughs> And study. And so I got to Harvard. And actually, one of the first things I found there was the ballroom dance team. 
And all of my resolutions about not dancing <laughs> anymore went out the window. And I spent more and more of my time being part of that, that dance team. I ended up becoming team captain. And it was my main extracurricular and to the point that by the time I was a senior, I actually had an opportunity to start competing professionally. And so I did that. And in the ballroom world, there's no like examination certification process to become a professional. You don't have to audition. You literally just register as a professional, you know, pay your membership fee to the governing body and then show up at a professional competition and dance. Wow. And so I did that. It was December of my senior year in college that I did that. And, and, you know, I went through a period of being like, oh, maybe I'll take a year off and dance and then two years off and then just, I'll just keep doing this. And, but I think all along, really, that's just what I wanted to do <laughs> for my career. And so that was, yeah, I guess 16 years ago. Wow. And Nazara and I started, is that right? Don't do the math. says, don't talk about years. Okay, fair enough. It was was, a uh, long time ago. Some time ago. Yeah. Two two years ago. Two years ago. (laughs) Exactly. Two very long years. (laughs) Two very long years. Yeah. Two and a half, I would say. Yeah. We're both very young and very experienced. Yeah. Well, make sure to when well, to highlight that when we put a picture of you, since this is audio, so everybody yes. will know that you've somehow <laughs> been dancing for decades, even though you're both only 23. It's amazing. Exactly. Uh, amazing no. that that's happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then Nazar and I started dancing together 10 years ago. I had a few other professional partners before that, and we decided to dance together. We made a commitment that we were going to dance together for seven years, no matter what. No matter how badly maybe we were pissed at each other or like wanted to throw in the <laughs> towel, we had to do it. And so, yeah, and so now 10 years later, we're still competing and striving for even better results. So mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the summary. Amazing. I, yeah, I started when I was five. There was a little studio near my house, like literally two minutes walk in, in Lviv. And uh, my, my mom brought me into the studio. Like, you know, just to, to try it out because my dad wanted me to be a soccer player, football in in, in Europe, right? And, and then my mom said like, no, 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 he doesn't need to be injured and has a knees problems, which is, you know, as I keep always saying like, well, dancing could also have uh, injuries in knees mm-hmm. and problems with knees, but knock on wood so far so good. Yeah. So I started when I was five and yeah, I would say I never stopped since I did took a break from the competing about when I went to, when I finished high school, I went to, to university, I finished veterinarian school in Lviv. During that time, I was not competing, but I, I, I was teaching kids. So then in 2000, I believe 2004, 2000, yeah, in the end of 2004 and beginning of 2005, I got a co- phone call from the, from the studio here in New York City asking me like if I would like to come and work as a teacher in a studio it would be nice opportunity to go to United States of America so yeah it took me about a year to do the paperwork and I arrived in the United States in 2006 December 2006 yeah I, I was working for a few years so like about three years and then 2010 Right after you were diagnosed. Yeah, right after I diagnosed with diabetes. So I'm like, okay, I have to do something with myself. So it was kind of a push, like, oh no, I it's not gonna stop me. So I'm gonna do it opposite. I can continue even more. I love that. Okay, so how did you guys find each other? How did you meet in the first place? 
Yeah. So we were basically in the same competition circuit. We were training in the same studios in Manhattan and it's not a big world. So we were, would run into each other. We'd compete against each other. We'd see each other at practice. We had, you know, similar friends and it just happened that at a certain point of time, my partner dumped me and um, Nazar was thinking about moving to Massachusetts, which is where I'm from. And so we start to talk about, well, maybe should we try out together? And maybe we both have similar goals that mm-hmm. that we want to work on together. And yeah, before we even try out, because in the dancing, you have to try out dancing. Like if you if you match with the height, with the, with the style of dancing, okay. with the like dating kind of <laughs> it's, like, it's like yeah dating and, and dancing but yeah just like if it's by match by feel by body type you know like if all, all of that if you get along if you get along but before that is what usually people do we did opposite we actually sat down with a cup of coffee and said like okay what our what our values pr- values priorities are who who we'd like to work with and then and then we try to to dance right. together what was yeah. it like the first time you danced together I was not good. It was not great. <laughs> <laughs> was like, you know, like, why, why did we talk about it? No, it's just... You're like, this is awkward. We have the same values and yet we can't yeah, do No, it. I mean, dancing, I don't think it, I mean, it was not bad. We just keep saying it. Like, it was not yeah. good. It was not bad. It's always in the first time, like, you know, dancing. It just, uh, dancing is, I think, I believe it's dancing is the easiest way. That dance is easy. Yeah. How to learn to dance? Everybody can learn how to dance, right? But but then how to work with a partner? How to have a good team? That's different, right? Because usually couples, some couples, some couples like you know start. Oh, I found a new partner. They start dancing. Uh, honeymoon period finished because we call it like dancing honeymoon period finished. Now they start fighting, and then in a year they became they they, they split up and they don't then dance anymore. So you know, interesting. So you feel like most partnerships break up not necessarily because of the dancing, but because of all the of the other elements of keeping this relationship yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just I mean it, it's it's a I would say it's a it's a business. Uh, I don't know how to call it. If it's a business, it's a it's a team. It's a team. It's a yeah. It's a teamwork business kind of kind of relationship. You know, like how can you work with? I mean, it's only two of us, right? And we have to work together. Right, we have right. to see each other every day for practice. We have to figure out the schedule. We have to figure out who we dance, who who we take lessons with, who who we work, who who do we yeah. even to the point who do we teach, who do we want we want to teach, who we don't want to teach. You yeah. know, you have to be able to deal with pressure and stress in a way that works together. Right. And sometimes, you know, when we travel, it's like you're with the other person for a lot of hours. So you also just have to be able to like not get on each other's nerves too much. It does sound like a marriage, like a like a good, healthy marriage, though. Yeah, ideally. <laughs> ideally. So uh, in terms of like the cadence of your your year, because I know that you've got sort of competition periods that you're working towards. So how many competitions are you doing in like an average year? One, yeah, when uh, The first year we danced together. Yeah, with the first year we danced together, we actually did 52 competitions. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first year. Yeah. So basically I would say every week, look what well, we had come some breaks. So that's mean if we did 52 competitions, that would come every week, the competition, but there are some weeks that we did two competition in the same weekend in the two different cities. So that's why it added up, added up to that 50, many, yeah. yeah, to that many. Yeah. That is so intense. It was intense. And we only did that 
for the first year when we first were getting out, we just wanted to do as many as possible and be seen. And mm. we won a lot of the professional rising star competitions around the country. So we just kept, that gives you a lot of motivation. You yeah. know, when you get blowing along there. Yeah. Now it's basically organized around, uh, let's say four major events, and then we kind of tier them. So there are three major international competitions that are actually all of them are in the UK. So there's the Blackpool Dance Festival in May. There's the International Championships, which is in London in October. And there's the UK Championships, which is in In January. January in Bournemouth. And so those are the big couples come from all over the world to do that. So those are three big events where we really gear up to compete at an international level. And then in addition to those three, there's the World Show Dance Championship, which is our specialization, kind of like... A national championship. And and then on top of that, there's the U.S. National. U.S. National. So it's like, I would say, five major. Wow, okay. The Nationals, Championship, and those three in UK. Got it. And then around the competitions, you're teaching, you're training, you're planning and and uh, choreographing. Like, you've got all of this other stuff going on. So... How do you, are you kind of thinking about the competitions and then the training and the buildup? Is that how you sort of plan out your years and months? Or just give me like an, I know there's no average day, maybe like an average week or, yeah. an, you know, what are you doing in like Monday through Friday, let's say in the lead up to maybe a big competition? Yeah. So we, let's see, in the lead up to a big competition, we take care of, let's say like three things. One is we make sure we have smaller competitions to do in preparation for it. So we'll do maybe a couple of competitions. We'll plan a couple of small competitions. So that would be a couple of the weekends leading up to the big competition. During the week, on a sort of typical training day, we would spend two to three hours practicing and or working with coaches or doing cross training of some kind. You know, we do fitness training. We've worked with acting coaches, mental coaches. So there's a lot of other stuff besides just like practicing your moves. And then in the second half of the day, we usually take a break in between. And then the second half of the day, we teach our students. Yeah, we um, still have to make some money. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we <laughs> support, how survive. Support, survive, survive. Yeah. Support ourselves. And, and also what's nice is, you know, they say like the best way to learn something is to teach it. So the mm-hmm. teaching we find to also be really ben- you know beneficial for us as, as dancers too. And then if we have a really big event, we will typically go there to the country or to the place that it is at least a few days in advance, sometimes mm-hmm. even a week in advance to work with coaches. Well, there. No, in England right now. Yeah, for Blackpool, we're going actually three weeks, two weeks, two weeks before two and, the and a half weeks before event. Yeah. Simply because we have some lessons and, um, you know, to adjust to the time zone. Yeah. You got to get over the jet lag. I can't even imagine trying to do that mm-hmm. and being half asleep <laughs> would be yeah. impossible. Yeah. 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 And for the three majors, we usually try to get there at least a week before. Well, the, yeah, sometimes least, more than that, if our least, schedule but, allows. But right now with during, uh, during the COVID situation, we try to, Sometimes we even do it a bit like this. So we, we travel there for lessons for a week or 10 days, come back here for a week or 10 days and go back in oh, the wow. competition. But now, right now, it just, it's, it's too risky. Like too risky. Yeah, you don't want to get stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to get stuck neither here or neither there. So just like, okay, we, we, we kind of cramped everything together. Yeah. And then just stay there and come back. Yeah. And then we also are just focused on our dancing. So for that period of time, it's just about what Us, we're yeah. doing. It's not even about like, you know, 
taking care of your cleaning your apartment or random life stuff. It's just really mm-hmm. focused right. on preparing for the competition. Mm-hmm. And then at a competition, take me through as someone who's had no experience besides the movies that I've watched a few of which you've mentioned. How does your day begin? How does it end? What's it like behind the scenes? In the, yeah, it depends what time of the day we start. Like, for example, Black Bull Dance Festival, that's where we're coming, com- coming up. We're going dancing in, in June, right? Mm-hmm. End of May, June, yeah. Uh, it's going to be about, like, you get up in the morning, you start doing your hair, makeup for Mariko. Breakfast. Eat breakfast. Day before we prep with the food, with the nutrition, meaning get some water, get some electrolytes, electrolytes, get some snacks because the, the, the competition goes all day, let's say. So we get all of the gear for that, prepare our costumes, uh, steam it, uh, prepare whatever we're going to be wearing, how many shirts I need, like three or four shirts during the day. For one uh, day. For one mm-hmm. day, yeah. Wow. It, it depends. Like one year it was really hot, so I had to have like four four shirts in one day. Prepare all of that. Then, as I said, next in the morning, makeup, hair, makeup for me is much easier. Hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. I do makeup bef- uh, two nights or night before. I do like self tanning. It's easier because when I sweat, it doesn't comes out as fast. Then during the day. We always, after we eat breakfast, we go for a short run, uh, yeah. like one we, mile we're, run. Yeah, we still go for a run. Even though some to, people... Do you go together? Yeah. Like a, that's a prep thing. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And it, it, some people even think that we are crazy, but it's easier because I feel like we're more warm, warmed up. Yeah. You suffered a little bit already before you do the first dance. So. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah, we do this, run, come back, mm-hmm. eat, eat lunch, right? Mm-hmm. It depends on the time. Again, it's, if it starts around noon time, no, no, it doesn't start around noon. I'm lying. We just start at four usually. You, yeah, three or four. Mm-hmm. Depends if how many. So if let's say we dance four and we finish by midnight. So it's about eight wow. hours. I mean, it's longer day because you have to prepare. So it's a, more than eight hours. Yeah, it, you, fin- you would finish by midnight. How Last many four, times are you dancing in that period? If you make it to, so in a big event like Blackpool, if you dance from the first round to the final, it would be maximum seven rounds. Maximum seven rounds. Wow. Yeah. Then sometimes it's, I mean, if you obviously you don't make the final, it's less. Um, and then if you, sometimes they give passes to the first round. So if you had a good result the year before, then you can be exempt from. We call the this, first they round. call it stars. You have either one star or two stars. So if you have two stars, you only have five rounds mm-hmm. to dance from the beginning to then. Last year we danced, uh, so it was less, usually it comes in about 200, 250 couples. Last year because of COVID and not everybody could come. Last year we had, it, it, instead of on May, it was in August. So we started around 4.30 and by, no, no we started around five and by 8.30, nine o'clock we were finished. So we had five rounds it was so fast that like people was not expecting it because wow. usually they give us they give us break in between about 40, Hour 40 45 yeah. minutes this time was mm-hmm. 20 minutes 20 minutes 20 minutes and it was it was the um, quite intense many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And when you're dancing in a competition, what's going through your minds? That's a great question. That's like a specific thing that you train in. <laughs> so we, we specifically kind of like set uh, intention for what we want to be, how we want to be relating, I guess, to our thoughts through the competition. And it maybe it varies a little bit from event to event, but basically what it is, is just to keep coming back to being in the moment. Uh, it's a lot like meditating in, in that you just, you know, whatever happens, if if you if someone runs into you or something strange happens in the environment that that distracts you to just come back to your body and come back to what's happening in that moment. And and that's and that's basically what you just keep doing is coming right. back to the present moment. What do you feel? What do you experience in that moment? So you're like achieving flow. As a yes, pair. That's the ideal. Exactly. That's so neat. And do you still get nervous when you compete or do you not really yes, anymore? Definitely. But definitely. if you don't if you don't nervous, that's mean you're doing nothing. You're doing you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. I mean, we are every human being, and if they do something in this regards, like being the dancing athlete, whoever whoever you are, being the speaker, being the doing a podcast doing recording. A, doing a podcast <laughs> recording. I will. It's. It's. I. I believe it's normal to be nervous. It's like how That's much. That's why I drink so much before I record these. Podcasts. <laughs> <It's not> even... <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's like four exactly, o'clock in the exactly. afternoon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we, mm-hmm. yeah. say that we so much. So that's, that's why we drink so much before. <laughs> that that would be something to see. That would be something to see. Oh my yeah, goodness! Yeah. So you mentioned that you teach to kind of pay the bills. I, who are your students? Are they other people training to be professionals like you? Are they just total beginners who have a love for dancing? Like I'm so interested in kind of who gets to be taught by you both. It's a mix. So in terms of... Between amateurs, yeah. Yeah, amateurs, people who just dance for fun, couples where this is like their, you know, couple act date night activity, competitors who are very serious, you know, who do, who are in the studio every day and compete many times a year to competitors who are maybe competing once or twice a year. So a big range. But the main theme for us is that all of the students who we end up working with long-term tend to be people who just really love learning. That seems to be the match. Like we love sharing information and we love the process of, of figuring out how to get someone to change what they can do. And it's really gratifying. So people who also really enjoy that process seem to like working with us and we really like working with them. So, so it's more about that. It's the people that work with us are people who just want to come in and spend time like learning some new skills and improving themselves. And <laughs> is there an age limit on this job? Is there a point no. at which, you know, cause you are, I mean, you are 
you're athletes. You really are. So, you know, is there a point at which people usually give it up or no? Can you keep dancing? Uh, I mean, you mean, is it professional or is it a student? Well, um, I guess both. professional, but maybe both. Like, yeah, yeah, professionals, you, yeah, you, you, you dance until a certain period of time because then, because it's, it's, it's physical work. It's not like you're sitting on a chair or, or you're sitting in an office. You can, it is physical work. So the, to a certain you to a certain age you can you are capable to doing it and then you know younger generation comes in so it's just harder to compete against younger generation as a student we have variety from about uh, from right now you have five year old kids yeah five year yeah five two year two five two two five year old girls yeah and then the the oldest we ha- i mean we well, ha- we've had right now in, in oldest students are like in their 70s but the you know i had a student who came in every week who was in his 90s that's awesome yeah. yes exactly yeah so for yeah for dancing at all there's no age limit in fact i think As the longer student, yeah. you do it the yeah. better keeps you keeps you alive and what would you say is the kind of most surprising thing about what you do so what's something about your job that you think people wouldn't you know know or expect to be true hmm what is surprising? What's surprising about it? What's surprising about it? I Okay, I have maybe two types of answers. One is that so many different fe- like areas of knowledge come into it. So what you see is, you know, we get up in these fabulous costumes and dance around doing these, the waltz and the tango and stuff. But to create a great performance, you end up learning a lot about psychology about you know learning about flow state about how the body works about nutrition Nutrition, about uh, teamwork about communication personalities yeah it it becomes like it's almost you become a a psychiatrist like a psychologist psychologist yeah Yeah. psychologist yeah yeah. always keep mixing them yeah strategic planning (laughs) costume design like I became very skilled at doing hair and makeup. Like all these think different things come into it. So it's a way, this is one of the things I think I made it super gratifying for me is that, is that you're learning how to be a great dancer, but you're having to learn so, so many different things. You're constantly educating yourself in all these different fields endlessly. Yeah. This is what I said in the beginning, you know, to learn how to dance, it's, that's I would easy. say it's, it's the easiest one, <laughs> but then all of that organizational, the other, the other skills that you have to learn as well, even working with the students, you have to work with different students differently. Mm-hmm. Not the same students going to be responding to you, to, to the same idea and how you're trying to d- deliver to the person. So you have to be, yeah, you have to know how to, okay, to that, to, to Mr. Smith, I can say that way and explain that way. And to Mrs. Uh, Jones, Jones, yeah, <laughs> I I have to explain different way. Yeah, you know, so it's different. It's it, you become kind of <laughs> multilingual, mm-hmm. <laughs> but in the yeah. dancing world, yeah, you have to be adept at so many things. Although, I mean, when yeah. I rem- I did ballroom dancing lessons with my husband before our wedding, like many people. And I don't know that you would say if you were in the room with us then that the dancing is the easiest part because. <laughs> Boy, just keeping count, man, was harder for some of us than others. I'm not going to throw him under the bus, so I'll just leave it it at that. And I want to ask you, I know you guys have a broader mission with what you do, 
You are, you know, you, you speak a lot about dancing with diabetes and how that hasn't stopped you. I've heard you both discuss kind of inclusion in the ballroom world and how that's really vital to you. I know you just ran a fundraiser for Ukraine, which is obviously near and dear to your hearts. How do you incorporate that element into what you do? And do you find that others in your field are receptive to that? Or are they just like, ah, stop, just get on the dance floor and dance? <laughs> I, I would say yes. I would say people are really open to, yeah, I believe yes. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's just, I, it, I never, no one, I just maybe because it's, no one will te- tell me something different because I always have my opinion and I say it right into face to the people. <laughs> and and they, I believe they're afraid to, to talk to me about it. Like, you know, if I do something wrong, so. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that the people who are receptive to the message, like who want to hear that, are res- are responsive to it, and maybe that's like most <laughs> who doesn't things. just don't don't they say just don't anything. pay attention. <laughs> no, they just yeah. don't say anything because yeah. they. Yeah. Well, I mean, someone told me once that like uh, they didn't like it something some some something, and why would I say like you? Okay, if you don't like it, then don't pay attention. Yeah, yeah. tough. Yeah, yeah, just tough, tough off. I mean, I want to say you cannot, you cannot really swear here, but yeah. yeah. I mean, there are no rules on my podcast. You can swear. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can tell them to f off. That was that was nice. That was diplomatic, diplomatic swearing. Mm-hmm. The last thing I always love to ask people is what advice you might have for anybody who is interested in taking up dancing. Maybe they've never done it before, and maybe they're 90 like your student, maybe they are just kind of in college and experimenting. Where do they start if they're really serious about wanting to do this as more than just a hobby? Okay. Depends on the place. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the first step is to, and this is, I would guess it's true for anything you want to do, is find the most sort of like highly skilled, highly knowledgeable group of people that are close to you or get yourself close to those people and immerse yourself in that environment. Don't be afraid to don't, don't try to get into the water slowly. Mm -hmm. Just get in the water. (laughs) Get in. Yeah. Yeah. And find and dance. What's nice is you just find a teacher and start learning. Um, It's not like you need to, you you don't, you don't have to, I mean, you don't have to do an interview. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have to interview. Also, you don't have to go into the, you know that some people started. You don't have to go all, right away to the world champion to take a lesson, right? There mm-hmm. are some studios uh, that you can start taking lessons. And once you, usually, when persons start taking lessons, they usually get really into it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a little addictive, yeah. Right? yeah, like a drug. And then, yeah, just just do that. Yeah, and find someone that you trust and who is the most. I would say knowledgeable person you can find. Correct. And then every time that there's an opportunity that's attractive to you, just take it and don't think twice. Just, just take the opportunity and go for it. There, there, especially in ballroom dancing, what's nice is there isn't really a prescribed path, as you could kind of guess from like our stories. It's like, well, you have to do this and you have to pass this test and you have to do blah, blah, blah. It literally is just just do it, like get better, learn compete, get out there, spend as much time as you can just doing it and being in the environment and meeting people and immersing yourself in it. Yeah. Just start. Yeah. yeah and if you have, if for the ladies, especially particularly, like if you want to have a glamour, you always have a glamour in ballroom dancing. Yeah. 
That's true. I, I'm like envisioning myself. For gentlemen too, I'm not yeah. saying, I'm just saying yeah. like ladies always like you have this rhinestones and shoes and hair. Mm-hmm. Man is like, okay, tells you then, okay, they have some rhinestones too in Latin. Yes. I understand, like it's not as, yeah. but it's still like all they can find us in Cambridge, Massachusetts. That's a great segue into where, so first of all, thank you. I am going to find wherever my feather boa is and maybe just put it on. Just just for this call. Exactly. Just because I can just start. But where can people learn more about you? Can Where can they find your work online? Where can they just uh, continue their exploration of the fantastic duo that you are? So the best place to follow what we're up to is on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at Nazar and Mariko. Um, N-A-Z-A-R. Sorry. That's just Nazar and Mariko. <laughs> Hold on. Is it Nazar Mariko? Blackout moment. Is it and or is it <laughs> Nazar Mariko? It's Nazar and Mariko. So you're right. I was right. N a z a r a n d m a r i k o. I would definitely not be a spelling bee superstar. <laughs> then, so we post. That's the place where we most consistently post what we're up to: stories from the competitions, photos, updates of of where we are. Uh, we're also on a lot of that stuff is also on Facebook. And then if you really want to get involved in our journey, we also are on Patreon. And so that's where we post the more, let's say, personal, private, behind the scenes kind of updates, stuff that we maybe wouldn't feel comfortable just putting on Instagram publicly and just kind of exclusive content there. So if you want to get involved there, we have a just $1 tier for anyone who wants to, to just be part of the club and anyone who obviously wants to, you know, literally support our journey and the travel and all of the crazy expenses that we <laughs> incur trying to do this higher donations are obviously welcome so yeah instagram facebook and patreon are the best places to find us i love it i love how true you are to your passion i love watching your relationship together i feel like it's just be really beautiful to see i love seeing you both dance so thank you so much for being on the podcast and good luck at your upcoming competition which will be over by the time this airs, but we can report on how you did, which I'm sure will yeah. be phenomenal. Thank you so much for having us. This is so fun. And hopefully some people are inspired to uh, dip their toes or jump headfirst into the pool of ballroom dancing after listening to this. That would be awesome. I mean, Thank I you. will. You've got one, so. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks so much, the main, guys. The, the, the main Thanks. one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Quit Your Day Job. We are a Zcast production and want to send huge thanks to the whole Zippy Books team for their support. You can find me on Instagram at Alicia F. Miranda. I would love to hear what you thought about this episode, any others, future jobs you want me to interview, or burning questions you think I should ask my upcoming guests. And if you decide to quit your day job, let me know that too. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.